talking with tones too. We're talking with tones too. We're talking, 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 talking with tones too. We're talking with tones too. We're talking with tones too. We're talking, 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 talking with tones too. We're talking with tones too. We're talking with tones too. We're talking, 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 talking with tones too. Hey everybody, and thank you for listening to Talking With Tones To, where we discuss regular topics for regular people. So let's get into episode 8 of Talking With Tones To, where the main topic is going to be discussing being a collector in pop culture. Now, I remember being a collector as far back as I can remember. When I used to go to my grandmother's house, there used to be a place called Jerry's on the corner of 80th Street and 101st Avenue. And I remember going in there and I used to look for Star Wars comic books. Well, any comic books would do. Mostly from Star Wars, but I remember Spider-Man 2. I remember Fantastic Four. And a little bit later on, I got into X-Men and uh, Wolverine and stuff like that. So I was just drawn to comic books because I like to draw and I really like the art and the artwork. So I was definitely into the whole comic books thing. And for me, comic books were a couple of things. Comic books had the artwork going on for it. Comic books had the story going on. And it was definitely a special feeling and a special thing to be into comic books. You know, the colors were bright. Everything was really cool looking. So I was a pretty big collector between my Star Wars action figures, my comic books. And as I got a little older, I got more into baseball cards. I remember when this place called Collector's Universe opened right across the street from my house. I got even more into it because it was intriguing to me that there was this collector's store. It felt super special to walk into this place. And when you walked in, there was the big wall of comics, all the newer comics. And then they had a bunch of comic books where you would just go through them and look at the old school issues. And I remember trying to collect the old school issues and, you know, they were more money for the old school issues. And, you know, I remember he had a wall behind the register And I remember they had like all of the issues that were expensive or the ones that were really worth. Behind the register, I remember G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe comics. They had some cool Snake Eyes ones. I remember the comic with Snake Eyes. It had no words in it. It just had action in Snake Eyes because Snake Eyes didn't talk. So it was definitely my thing for a hot minute. And G.I. Joe comics were huge. I was trying to get all the G.I. Joe ones. You know, I remember trying to track down a bunch of comics and being super into comics. As I kept collecting, you know, I got more into the stories as I got older and more mature. And I'm going to say Chris Claremont. I don't know if that was X-Men, but I remember some of the right going on was really interesting so the fantastic four writing where ben Grimm would always be against human torch so the thing was going after they were fighting and beefing and it was cool because i never saw like a team of superheroes that were beefing so it felt like real life kind of thing and it was like really interesting to see that stuff going on so i was very into the stories i remember fantastic four was a big one and then i started getting into x-men which you know wolverine and Sabretooth was a big rivalry wolverine the first issue i was super into i used to to draw Wolverine with my friend Scott. We used to always draw Wolverine. It was a really big thing for me at the time, and I love comics, still do, but like it was a progression. So I would say comic books turned into baseball cards. You know, I got super into baseball. I was a big baseball fan. Yankees, I loved Conseco. Uh, the rated rookie was a big deal. Tony Gwynn and Wade Boggs and a lot of these great players at the time, and I wanted to get their rookie cards. Don Mattingly, of course, I was a huge Yankee fan, so Dave Winfield 
Mayfield, Ricky Henderson. I was trying to track down their rookie cards. So baseball collecting and baseball cards was huge for me too. You know, still into comics, of course. And then, you know, video games became more popular. So I feel like from comic books into video games, from comic books into the toys was big. And the action figures became cooler and better and, and nicer made. And they were becoming iller um, action figures. And then, you know, the action figures turned into statues. Now, this is where I am current day. So, you know, collecting all that stuff is super awesome, super cool. I remember when they came out with the new Star Wars figures, the Power of the Force collection. Those figures were definitely cool. And they were, you know, more elaborate than the old school um, Star Wars vintage figures. And I collected a bunch of those. And I remember those figures started becoming bigger and bigger. And I know the Power of the Force eventually, you know, that red cardboard backing went into some of the green cardboard backing. And I think that was also Power of the Force or it was called some other collection and away from the more popular characters and they got more into the action figures where it was like the side guys and that's where the collecting got really big and you know that started with the vintage figures for sure but I remember trying to collect the green ones you know the green ones were big and then they had ones that were like a little tab you pulled up and you saw a picture or a hologram and you know the Star Wars figures then went into blue packaging and you know I remember some of those prequel movies were that blue packaging and then of course um, when episode one came out they went back to that red packaging and you know i was super into collecting the star wars action figures eventually it just got out of hand for me don't get me wrong i still collect because the progression of how these figures looked was just nowadays is totally schmodely awesome because then they came out with the black series and you know those black series figures were super cool and they were bigger figures more for collectors and you know they had like the black series premium format program too where some of those figures came with extra accessories and they were super ill packaging and looked like legit folders and stuff like that and some of these packaging and figures just looked amazing now basically what's happening here most of the time some of the time is you're buying the same figure over and over again with different cardboard backing with these star wars figures and that black series when they started doing the big card they started doing them in the old school format looking cardboard backing where you would get the black series figure and it would look like that old school very sentimental packaging when you see those stuff you're like wow you know it reminds you of when you were a kid and i would say you automatically want it i mean i know i automatically want it because it's got that nostalgia feeling and that nostalgia as soon as you see it with the ill figure on the inside and the figure is much more well done and you see that cool backing and you know they have the picture of the Star Wars character on the side and it's like got that old school Kenner logo and it really hits you in a special place I have to say so they know what they're doing you know and I would imagine the people that are creating these are people that grew up with them just like me and they're probably my age you just you want to get these figures as soon as you see them and they're pretty ill and they're pretty nice and I know, you know, the anniversaries of The Empire Strikes Back and The Return of the Jedi, the 40-year anniversary and the 50-year, whatever, you know, all that stuff is coming up. When you see the 30-year anniversary and the 40-year anniversary, they do special packaging and they put that logo on there. You want it even more, and it's just so cool. So Return of the Jedi 40th anniversary, the Wicked figure was so cool. I actually had it pre-ordered, but I'm trying to save some dough, so I canceled it. Talking about it's making me want to get it again. But that's what happens when you're a collector. This is a tough hobby. And I'll tell you why it's a tough hobby. Because with this pop culture thing going on, 
They just keep coming out with cooler and cooler stuff. They pull at those nostalgic heartstrings. It's crazy, man. I stopped collecting, obviously, at a certain age. But then, as I got older and more mature, and I stopped, like, hanging out as much, and I wasn't so darn cool, my geek side kind of came back when I got more mature. And that was as I got older. And that was when those Power of the Force Star Wars figures came out. So 1995 to 2000. So I guess, you know, I, I got out of the cool phase... And I kind of rediscovered my geek side. And the geek side wanted to collect comic books again and definitely stayed with the Star Wars action figures. The thing that was cool about these Star Wars action figures was they had some rarities. And, you know, it was pretty cool to get the rarities. I know they had some sort of Darth Maul without the shirt with the tattoos. And he was, I think, with some sort of droid or something. It was like their deluxe packaging. It was the green series. And that one was super hard to get with some serial number on it. That was worth a lot of money because it was rare. I think they had an action figure with Luke Skywalker when, you know, when Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader, when he's like, you don't know the power of the dark side. On Empire Strikes Back and Luke Skywalker, they had a figure that had some bloodiness. And I know that was rare. That was the blue packaging. And um, I think they had one with a hand, one without a hand. They had a couple of variations. And I think the one without the hand and the bloody one was like the hard to get one. I think I got it. But it was kind of interesting to see some of the variations and the rarities in there. And collectors, that's what we do. We go after the rare one. We want the one that's worth money. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we want to put it in a plastic case and have it encapsulated and just look at it. I don't know how to explain it. We just want to know that we have it. You know what I'm saying? I recently saw a Pawn Stars episode, or I think I saw it on YouTube, where they had the Boba Fett vintage figure. It was, you know, from when Star Wars came out. It might have been 1982, but it was definitely the rare packaging. It was a one-of-one one exclusive Boba Fett with the jetpack with the rocket thing that came out. Now... I do know that there are people that have the Boba Fett with the jet that shoots out, the projectile. But I don't think there's anyone that's actually in the cardboard backing. And the guy had the one in the cardboard backing. And it was a demo, whatever thing. And he, it was it's the only one. So it's one of one. And it was super rare. And I know the guy wanted 150 grand for it. And Rick was giving him 100,000. He didn't like the um, 100,000. So he didn't part with it for 100,000. So that gives you an idea. You know, that's a super rare one of one Boba Fett action figure. Now, you know, of course I want that, but I would never pay that. You can get a freaking house for that or a down payment on a house for that. That's crazy. But, you know, that's what we like to do. Us as collectors, we want to get the rarity, you know, and the cooler the item, the more we want it. These sideshow ones, that you know the detail has just gotten better and better and more awesomer and awesomer i don't even know if that's a word but uh you want to get these figures the code is you know i got some stuff in the background but the code is a little bit more affordable some great detail in there but they're more like on the plastic side whereas the sideshow statues and the hot toys you know the hot toys i would describe those as deluxe versions of barbie dolls and they're pretty awesome and they're pretty cool and they're very realistic and they have a lot of articulation. They're really like cool action figures or adult male Barbie dolls. So the Hot Toys collection is really cool. And then some of those Sideshow statues made by Sideshow really are like, you know, heavy type statues, museum quality here. So, you know, you're paying for those things, guys. You know, they're over 500 now, some of these things. And that's pretty insane. It's why you got to be selective with what you're picking or you got to be rich or you got to have won the lottery in order to be in this hobby. It's really tough. Like Sideshow, I have to unsubscribe to the emails to Sideshow 
sideshow because everything they make is freaking awesome and like you want to pre-order stuff and you see it you know i see it on the gram i follow a couple of collector comic book places so it's one of the reasons why i stopped doing videos unboxings and started doing some podcasts because i can't afford to keep buying these things I got a whole bunch of stuff in boxes, y'all, so don't worry about it. I will have some more unboxings, but I wanted to get more into the podcasting anyways. As a collector, you're getting more and more into the statues. And gosh, I have so many that are near and dear to my heart, and most of them are Star Wars. And, you know, I got this Darth Vader mythos. I would say that was that mythos series for Sideshow. It's really highly detailed, and it's kind of like a what-if for Star Wars. And it takes some of the story that you know, and it puts a little twist on them. For example, before the Obi-Wan show came out, the Obi-Wan mythos had him as a vagabond in Tatooine with all of this gear where he's in the desert, he's got the goggles, he's got like his clone trooper armor on his back, and he's got like gaffy sticks from Tusken Raiders, and you know that it's after Order 66, and you know that there's people after the Jedi, and you know he is by himself, he's a loner, he's hiding on Tatooine, he's trying to protect Luke. That mythos statue painted a picture, and it created a story for me. 2013 is when the mythos came out but i keep going back to that mythos because to me it's got some really cool lore i mean you see the doth maul mythos statue it's pretty amazing you know you see it the doth maul one pretty amazing i had to get that one he had the robotic legs and he had the longer horns the poses are always dynamic and they, they're showing doth maul in that future lore or giving it more lore i should say and the boba fett of course the original one kind of was what i expected more of in the boba fett series which is him with the robing and the beige robing and this big huge bazooka gun and he had a, a small gun and he had a bunch of you know still had those jedi lightsabers and stuff and this huge gigantic bazooka gun for me those mythos series statues are all amazing and it's hard to keep up because there's a lot of them hard to keep up because they're super expensive um the mythos ones usually are about 600 or 695 they're also really big i want to say they're like 20 something inches they are bigger premium format statues and as i continue to collect they keep coming out with these dope amazing amazing looking statues and it's just i want to keep getting them because they just look really awesome they look like they belong in a museum guys so you know the statues for me is definitely where the hobby is at i've definitely progressed to just collecting statues and i feel like i'm becoming a statue snob now and i guess that happens with anything because even with hot dogs you know you want to get the more better hot dogs I don't know if that is a great analogy, but back in the day when you were a kid, you used to eat shitty hot dogs, and then you tasted the good, better hot dogs, you know, the ones that are the Angus beef, and maybe the ones that are made by Hebrew National are better than the crappy Oscar Mayer ones. So now I only buy Hebrew National, but it's a good example of how you can become quickly become a barbecue snob or a hot dog snob. It's crazy. I can't have my hot dogs without the potato buns and horseradish mustard. I will not eat them with yellow mustard. I guess I will if I had to, but I will not eat them with regular mustard. It's got to be horseradish mustard. So yes, I've become a hot dog snob. So yeah, same thing with statues, y'all. Weird analogy, I know, but I think some of y'all get me. So, you know, now that you know about these more premium statues, it's hard to keep collecting Kotobukuyas, which is crazy because Kotobukuyas was the for me for a long time. 
And I still love Kotobukuya statues. I still got a few of them. And they're also smaller, you know, and it's I noticed too. And it's just like everything else in the world. You can't buy eggs or milk, but like the ones you used to pay $70 and $100 for now, you know, the 110 scale, they're now 130 and 150 So yeah, thanks for raising the price. But, you know, just like everything else, they're raising the price with everything. So, you know, obviously it's a luxury thing for you to become a collector and get these awesomeness statues. I get it. But those statues are just, they're a special thing for me, y'all. I know I have a YouTube vid out there where it has my Star Wars statue room. Most of them are Kotobukuya's, but I think I've now matured where I have all these sideshow statues. Not a lot, but, you know, I have a sideshow statue room can't wait to get to a point where I make my new Star Wars room and my new Star Wars statues. Haven't gotten to there yet, but I'm getting there. A few more additions to my collection, and I will have a Star Wars room video, and I will showcase my sideshow statues and my collection, and I can't wait to do that. Oddly enough, I'm going to have to make some tough decisions, because I think I'm going to get to a point where I can't display all of them. I'm going to have to say, all right, this one's going to stay in the box, because I have to display these. I mean, there's only so much room, you know. I love being a collector. Wouldn't have it any other way. And I know all y'all collectors out there are definitely right next to me. I love doing the unboxing videos. I know there's some better quality and better unboxing videos out there. But I feel like I bring a humor twist to it when I do my unboxings. So that's what makes me different. I am a collector. I am a huge geek. I am involved with the geekdom. All of it. Comic books. Yeah. I got the comics that are in the encapsulation with the signature. And they have to be the nine. Point eight or 9.6 certification by the comics code. I have a few of those, but I kind of shied away from the comics and I'm hardcore into the statues. So that's where my geekdom has gotten me. Most of my stuff is Star Wars, though I am trying to get a couple of statues that are some Marvel stuff getting into some of the Wolverine stuff because I'm a huge fan of Wolverine and you know I just pre-ordered a Rocket and Cosmo Hot Toys that really really was sculpted beautifully and looks really really nice it's not out till 2024 so I'm getting a couple of statues but most of it Star Wars you know that you guys know I'm the diehard Star Wars nut job and the most of my stuff is Star Wars I try to keep it Star Wars not to mention when you do purchase them they do go up in value mostly all of them I do know that this Slave 1 and Back of Me, you know, sometimes I still do get the toys. Based off how good they look, that Slave 1 and Back of Me, I got it when it was actually still called the Slave 1 and I have the box in mint condition. So I'm sure that's going to be worth because they took away that name Slave 1. I got the Princess Leia in the Jabba's Palace costume where she's wearing the bikini and the red skirt. I got that Kotobukuya. That one is super hard to get. I'm pretty sure there's a gentle giant one that's probably worth thousands. Once it became Disney, they stopped doing the Princess Leia looking all skimpy outfit. Because it was too revealing, I guess. I don't know. But I know they stopped making Princess Leia in that look. So, a lot of that stuff is super rare. And it's super collectible because of some of these reasons. The production goes away. The item goes up in value, you know, so a lot of the sideshow statues, they're limited to a certain number of quantity made. So, you know, that's a little bit about collecting, or I should say a lot of bit about collecting. I'm super passionate about it, so I definitely wanted to touch base on it and talk about it on my podcast. Y'all out there that are collectors like me, you know, the pop culture collection is really important and it's really cool. So definitely wanted to touch base on that and talk about that. So there you guys have it. My concept of being a collector in pop culture in 2023. All right, y'all, so let's get into the next part of the show. 
where we talk about the album to reflect on. So the album to reflect on today is going to be Onyx. I'm not dissing. I'm not dissing here, y'all. So the album is not the greatest album I've ever heard. But Onyx Back the F*** Up came out in 1993. Now, Onyx was a movement. It wasn't just an album that you listened to. It was... Hardcore, everybody is dugged out, beefy, and having fun, jumping up. It was like um, rock and roll for hip-hop. Jumping up, bashing each other, beating each other, bumping into each other, beatdowns, all that stuff became more popular. I remember hanging out in my basement. In order for people to be down with the crew, we had to beat the out of them. And after we beat the out of them, they were down with the crew. And they were part of, I think we called ourselves the regulators or the basement or something. I don't know. But we had a click. And in order for you to be down with our click, you know, the original founding members, if you will, didn't have to do that. But when new people wanted to be down with us and hang out with us, they hung out with us for a little while. And then eventually, if they stuck with us, you beat the out of them. And if you beat the out of them, then they were part of the crew officially. So I think that was part of that whole hardcore thugged out movement where onyx back the f up in 1993 was super beefy the video got you like amped sticky fingers got you amped his verse in the song was this like super like so 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 throw your guns in the air and like it really amped you up and it's amping me up just talking about it so you know i gotta give onyx credit for an amped album throw your guns in the air was the single and of course slam when that came out everybody was down with onyx onyx was super big i remember that was a big song for a long time everybody was rocking that one super popular songs at the time throw your guns is the biggest song that song is so much props it's a big part of the album the album wasn't really that popular it was cool at the time there's a lot of skits and intros on here and the album is actually 18 tracks so they have back the fuck up bitch ass niggas throw your guns here and now bust that ass attack of the bald heads the mad face invasion black vagina finder the bounce nigga nigga bridges Onyx is here, slam, stick and move, bitch ass bootleggers, shifty, fat, and all that. The next niggas, and get the f out. So, some of the songs like Shifty, Shifty was cool, Throw Your Guns, of course, and Slam. So, those for me are the big ones off of that. So, today for our listening, 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 action, action, action song of the day, we are going to pick Throw Your Guns by Onyx. Take them up, take them up, bring them up, dead, dead, shine them up, shine them up, shine them up, boy, hey, hey, one gun, two gun, three gun, four, your, mine, it's all about crime, on it, it's time to get live, live, live like a wire, I said I hold wire on wire, well done, on the grill, shot skills, skills, and no frills, they try to kiss me, they get Shit falling out here. Yeah. You hear the 
I feel bad that I didn't play Sticky Fingers verse, but even listen to this now. Like, just so you guys know, I haven't listened to that song since back in the back in the back in the. So when it was popular, that's when I listened to it, you know, till now. And it's like still hyping me up and I'm really old now. So like it brings you back, you know what I'm saying? Onyx was a movement and super big up to Onyx for actually still making music. Kind of curious for me nowadays that uh, I want to kill you stuff. I don't know. It's not as luxurious as it used to be when I was a kid, you know what I'm saying? So it's more about to me relaxing and music and you know conscious hip-hop and things like that but i had to give onyx their props for that not only that song but it was a great album at the time you know starting that movement in hip-hop it was fun it was really fun and obviously it was my age and all that stuff that made it even more fun and beefy and thugged out type stuff you know what i mean but for me it's not about that anymore but i definitely wanted to give onyx a big up and they just came out with an album may 5th 2023 it's called blood on the x let's move into the next part of the show which is the show that I'm watching. So the show that I'm watching y'all is Yellow Jackets. So Yellow Jackets is a weird one, I'm not gonna lie. I would say it has a lot to do with the supernatural. It's a really good show and basically I'm gonna hit you with the SPOILER! This is the part of the show where if you haven't seen the show and you don't want to know about it too much, you know, I'm gonna start talking about it. So skip the chapter or maybe fast forward a little to the next part. Now that I got that out of the way, the show is it's about the girls that are on a soccer team and they're in a tournament and they have to travel on airplane to go to the next state or whatever upon their travels they actually their plane crashes on an island that's pretty much where the show starts and it's pretty interesting because it shows the plane crashing and basically shows whoever died whoever survived and there's a handful of them that did survive and not many adults but it's mostly the girls and they really just you know they have one coach and they chop his leg off so he's walking around in crutches and he's got one leg and he is the only adult and i think there's two other boys you know and they're brothers so there is two guys there's a teenage guy and a little bit of a younger guy his brother and it shows about their survival it gets a lot into i would say like witchcraft because one of the girls there i don't know if she gets possessed or if she had it in her or if she learned about witchcraft i don't know but it gets into some supernatural stuff it gets into their survival they end up eating one of their friends she died you know it's it's interesting it's you know it's not necessarily about cannibalism but it's crazy to think about this topic but there's something fascinating and intriguing about a story involving eating other people i know there was a lot of other movies and stuff done with that premise but i think one's called alive i remember watching that i was a kid same idea probably was a soccer team too that crashed in an airplane and they were in the snow and they ended up eating each other or something but to survive i know that this is not something they wanted to do it's funny how it happened because it was the middle of the winter and they make it seem like there's some sort of soul or demon or spirit or something that's floating around that's making the girls do w wicked things but like this spirit hits the snow as they're burning their friend because they decide to cremate her because it's the winter and they can't dig underground the ground is frozen solid as they're burning her they kind of walk away they go into the house they have found the house they walk into the house and they leave her burning i guess they didn't want to sit there and watch it and the snow comes down on the girl and i don't know it puts out the fire and almost creates a charcoal bottom underneath her and makes her smell like barbecue makes her smell like barbecued spare ribs so they say whoa what's that smell and they're all starving man they haven't eaten so i, I guess it makes sense but they go out and eat her yeah 
So, interesting show. They got off the island. It shows back and forth from when they were teenagers on the island to when they actually grew up. So, you're wondering where certain characters are because they're not showing everybody. But little by little, they are revealing some characters. And you're like, oh, well, that one survived. You know, you don't know what happens. And you don't know when they get rescued or how they get rescued. So, it's interesting to see just a different type of show. It is a little out there. I'm not going to lie. But I like out there stuff. I like out there shows. So, gets a little bit into some supernatural witchcraft it's just stuff that isn't really explored much on tv so that's what makes it interesting to me some great acting in there you got christina ricci in there she's really good in the show melanie linsky she's in a lot of stuff juliette lewis is in there really great in the show really interesting show different i will say it's different so check it out if you're interested in just some weird stuff not gonna say if you didn't watch that you lost because it is kind of a weird show but i do like it Check it out if you get a chance. All right, y'all. So let's get into the next part of the show, which is Stuff You Need to Try for Your Well-Being. Today, what I want to talk about with Stuff You Need to Try for Your Well-Being is Chakras Meditation. Chakras Meditation is definitely something that can be beneficial to you. So let's talk a little bit about chakras and what they are. They're supposed to be energy points, basically, that you kind of have to re-energize here and there. So as your body gets worn down and you live the everyday grind, it's really important to kind of catch up your energy points or your energy section that is within your body, pretty much breaks it down the whole center of your body. And it's really good to do these meditations where you do chakra meditations. I'm not no guru here, y'all, but I'm going to give you some info, and I do believe it's true. Basically, the first chakra is the root chakra it starts at your tailbone which is like past your spine kind of like where your butt kind of cups so that's the root chakra when you re-energize it it prevents or helps clumsiness sleep issues poor circulation reproductive problems and issues with metabolism and the sacral chakra is up a little higher between your belly button and your private parts so your sacral chakra is in that location and when you re-energize it prevents or fixes lower back pain infertility pms digestive problems lack of energy kidney and gallbladder problems and then you have your solar chakra which is basically in the middle of your chest that definitely does feel like a special part. The solar chakra connects the bottom and the top, and it's the center. It's a really important one because if that one's not in the right shape, it's going to affect the rest of your energy. So that affects indigestion, panic attacks, liver problems, frequent illness, and high blood pressure. So that one is an important one, y'all. So the next one that's pretty important is the heart chakra. The heart chakra helps prevent or affects chronic fatigue, upper back pain, heart-related issues, anxiety or depression, and respiratory ailments. The next one is the throat chakra, which prevents or affects throat problems, neck stiffness, cold symptoms, thyroid imbalance, and issues with breathing. The next chakra is the brow chakra, and that's right between your eyes, or some people call it the third eye chakra. That one is ear and eye issues balance issues, sleep paralysis, learning disabilities, and hormone dysfunction. The next one is the crown chakra. The crown chakra is right at the top of your head, and that helps or affects dizziness, vision issues, cognitive issues, memory problems, and nervous system imbalances. So now these chakras are actually aligned through the center of your body and they do have colors. So the root chakra is red, the sacral chakra is orange, the solar chakra is yellow, heart chakra is green and or pink, the throat chakra is a dark blue, navy blue, the brow chakra, which is the third eye, is purple, 
And then the crown chakra is magenta or a pink. I don't know if there's any realness to any of this stuff, guys. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there that think that it definitely does help and has something to do with these ailments. I have done them. I do have a nice chakra meditation that I can recommend. It's, of course, by Jason Stevenson. <clears throat> it's the seven chakra meditation. It's probably the one I do most when I do my meditation practice. And I try to breathe into that area. So if it's the sacral chakra or the solar chakra, I am trying to breathe into those areas during this meditation. And you do feel an energy open, I guess, if you continue to breathe in during the meditation. And it does help revitalize and it does help these ailments and these things in your body. So believe it or don't believe it, but... You know, I do think that it helps your body become more one. It helps you become more self-aware. So I definitely recommend chakras meditation. So that's what I recommend for stuff that you need to try for your well-being today. So let's get into the next part of the show, which is what the heck is on my mind today? So what the heck is on my mind today is I just had my second anniversary of being married to my beautiful wife, Aisha. Mwah. Hey, Aisha, how you doing? And we did have a date day. Lately, they're date days because I think as I got older, I'm appreciating going out during the day versus the night. The night, there's only one place I want to be, and I want to be in my PJs on my couch. So we did go out to see a movie, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which was a totally awesome movie. All the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are dope. And we actually did go out to our hibachi spot, Izumi. The Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was great. I'm still thinking about it. Just, you know, I guess it wore on me a little. It rubbed off on me a little. It was very interesting. So here's the part where I say, spoiler! Fast forward it if you didn't see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 yet. Which, if you didn't see that one, you lost. So let's get back into Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Wanted to see that one. Just came out this weekend. Really was awesome. Really tied a nice bow on the trilogy. At the end, they all went their separate ways. For the most part, this one is an origin story of Rocket Raccoon. How he became Rocket Raccoon. And some of the things that he went through to make him the way he is. So that was super interesting. Pretty long one. I think it was 2 hours and 30 minutes. Really loved that movie. Thought it was great with the awesome special effects. More of the same, I would say. But, you know, times 10. James Gunn is super awesome at doing these movies sad to see him go and not do movies anymore for guardians of the galaxy but i do believe he's doing his own thing in the dc universe now he's redoing the dc universe seems like they're trying to recreate or improve or trying to be more like marvel i would say in the dc universe trying to just be as successful as marvel i guess nothing against dc they are good but they're always playing second fiddle to marvel to me the most popular character in that whole franchise is batman not gonna diss dc like dc but a more of a Marvel guy. Anyway, that Guardians of the Galaxy story was great. Really cool. Love all the characters. Super interesting to see what they did. Quill is not with Gamora, which is kind of a bummer, I guess, but it does intrigue you. She lost her memory and stuff, and um, she basically isn't with him. She doesn't remember loving him. So, you know, it's interesting to see. Really different to see how they moved on. At the end of the story, you know, they did move on. Rocket Raccoon becomes his own team. He's in charge. He's the captain now with Groot. And, you know, they introduced Adam Warlock. So Adam Warlock is in the new Guardians of the Galaxy team. I do think they have the dog in there too. And the other whistling character, I don't know his name, but it's cool to see a new Guardians of the Galaxy team being created there. So I guess they could continue those stories with those characters. And they probably will, I would imagine. And Star-Lord goes his own separate way. So it looks like he's going to get his own movie, a Star-Lord movie at the end, the end credits reveal. And it seems like 
like the mantis goes her own separate way and nebula stays behind in nowhere to help protect the population. They got the kids. That's right. Nebula asks Drax to stay in nowhere to help be a dad for the kids. And that seems like a fitting ending for him. You really do end up liking the character Nebula. I always liked her. Especially when she started kind of going to the good side after the first one. I always liked that character. I thought she was super cool. So I'm happy that she became an integral part of the team. She almost seems like she's more important than Gamora in the newer movie. Interesting. Awesome movie movie loved it you guys got to see that one it's watch guardians of the galaxy volume three i highly recommend that one y'all so, so that, that is what the heck is on my mind today all right y'all so let's move to the next part of the show which is the chartone cybertone exclusive track of the day from the album what happened to the rapid so i'm running out of tracks y'all but i do still have a few tricks up my sleeve this one is called waking up waking up in the morning it's not that easy and it's not that simple so it's something that still rings true today hitting that alarm clock hitting that sleep button in the morning is something that i think we all do regardless of how old we are waking up in the morning is a difficult thing we're all tired it's nice and cozy under our blankets it's probably cold outside of the blankets because you're so warm and cuddly and just relaxing and chilling really hard to just wake up in general it's great great that we do wake up no doubt about that but did want to recognize that waking up in the morning is difficult so this song is all about that and the stuff that we go through in the morning this one's called waking up by chaton sabaton let's listen to it on the count of three ready y'all one two three Something was wrong When I noticed my alarm clock was fucking gone Shattered the bits I must have heard it and flipped I threw it against the wall I'm late for work Oh shit But this situation seems to happen too often Having to catch a train Coming out of a coffin How awesome would it be To be at work with no stress Having your boss saying Don't let it happen again Forgetting my wallet And forgetting my lunch Sometimes feeling like I just puffed a blunt Doing stunts and pushing old ladies Just to catch a train You got a problem with it Granny where Here comes the pain I'm only playing But that's just the way that it feels To all y'all who wake up, y'all know the deal It kills to get up and wipe the crust out your vision To some the morning is just a never-ending mission Waking up in the morning It's not that easy Waking up in the morning It's not that simple Waking up in the morning It's not that easy Waking up in the morning It's not that simple I can recall one day when my alarm went off I went back to bed, then I started to cough Reaching for it, but I couldn't find the snooze button but ten minutes had just gone by, just like nothing. There it goes again, my fucking stupid alarm. Went in the kitchen and ran into my mom. I said, give me some coffee before I die. Then I just sat there, weren't you dressing? Why? We have to go to work so we can add to this stress. Looked in the mirror and my hair was a mess. Yo, that's when I noticed there was crust in my eyes. On my way to the bathroom, stepped in a dog shit. Surprise! Reality sucks, it was better for my eyes shut and sleeping. Wish I was back in bed so I could sleep all weekend. Gotta get the dough though, in the freaking workplace Sometimes I just feel like it's a never-ending rat race Oh shit, I hear a noise, what the hell is that? It's my alarm going off, no, no, it can't be back Gotta get dressed and move, even though I don't wanna If I look at my bed, I'm gonna be a goner There I go again, now I'm back in a dream state My bed lured me in, and man does it feel great Nice warm and cozy, now everything's straight Oh, oh shit, shit, oh shit, now I'm really gonna be late Waking up 
Waking up in the morning. It's not that easy. Waking up in the morning. It's not that simple. Waking up in the morning. It's not that easy. Waking up in the morning. It's not that simple. Four hours of sleep because I was out with the fellas. Drinking and grooving with this honey named Stella. I met her at the bar while I was spending some cheddar. She looked a little thirsty, so I bought her some water. I never really cared because my liver was slaughtered. She smiled and ordered me a shot of tequila. She said I don't drink. Yeah, right, me neither. Off the meter was La Chica, but maybe because I was buzzing. Most of the time, honeys look good when they're discussing. But the reason I'm busting about the situation is the morning I woke up. Damn, my head was aching. Taking Advil to chill this hangover. Wishing I had left the club just a little sober. But that really nasty odor invaded my nose. I slept with Stella and threw up all over her clothes. With only five minutes left to leave the house, I woke Stella up and said, Bitch, get out! Waking up in the morning, it's not that easy. Waking up in the morning, it's not that simple. Waking up in the morning, it's not that easy. Waking up in the morning, it's not that simple. Oh, just take me away. Man, this isn't Calgon when I wake up in the morning. Yo, I got a heart on. It's just like morning wood or a little pup tent. My head is throbbing now, so I kind of feel bad. Do I really have to wake up? I'm saying to myself, well, could I hang up the shirt and put the tie on the shelf? No need to press the dress pants, put them back in the drawer. Time to call up my job. I ain't working no more. I'm feeling like this because I just don't want to wake. But in my dream, I was just about to take my girl's panties off of her delicious hips. Woke up just when I was about to kiss those lips by a... Most disturbing noise. I smash that shit just like a kid does to toys. Here I go again, coming out of a deep sleep. Sitting on my bed, all I could do is weep. Yo, life's gotta get better than this non-stop work shit. That's when me and Char came out with our first hit. Now we live for the run. Don't mind waking up. You gotta find your niche instead of not really giving a fuck. Waking up in the morning, it's not that easy. Waking up in the morning, it's not that simple. Waking up in the morning, it's not that easy. Waking up in the morning, it's not that simple. Alright y'all, so there you have it, waking up in the morning. So I thought that one was pretty funny, that's a cool one by Chartone Cybertone. You really don't want to wake up, but you gotta. I mean, we all do. We all gotta get up, and we all gotta do what we gotta do, you know what I'm saying? So, thank you for listening, and thank you for listening to Talking With Tones Tube, where we discuss regular topics for regular people. Don't forget to subscribe if you enjoyed Talking With Tones Tube, and don't forget to click that bell notification so you don't miss any of my vids. Don't forget to follow. We're now on all major streaming platforms so you can check the podcast. And don't forget to follow us on the Facebook group if you want to check out all things Tones Tube. So thanks for listening. See you next time, guys. Talking with Tones Tube. We're talking with Tones Tube. We're talking, 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 talking.